welcome to the Push Pull Sales and Marketing Podcast. I'm Marcello. And I'm Sherry. And each episode will provide you with sales and marketing strategies that you can implement immediately into your own business. Today, Marcello has the honor of speaking with Tom Hopkins for this episode. Tom has sold over a million copies of his book, How to Master the Art of Selling. And he currently has an opportunity where you can sign up for his Advanced Sales Academy. Um, but if you are in the world of sales, I'm sure you are familiar with the name Tom Hopkins. Um, he's a bit of a sales legend, which is why Marcello was so excited to be able to speak with him and give you guys free access to Tom's 40 years of sales experience and knowledge. So give it a listen, give us some feedback at the end, and I hope you enjoy. All right. So we have on the podcast, and I'm super duper excited, uh, sales legend, sales trainer, uh, Tom Hopkins, uh, who I believe some of his records he set way back when still stand still stand this day, Tom, in real estate. Yes, fortunately. That's- <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So for someone who might not know about you, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself, your background, your interests, all that good stuff? Well, sure. I'll give you a quick overview. I um, I, I wasn't a good uh, student in school. And because of that, I only made it in college for 90 days. And I quit and I was 17, didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And I went into construction and had a very disappointed father who said I'd never amount to anything. And so I went into construction, carried steel as an iron worker in Los Angeles for a year. And luckily, my dad saw my work ethic and said, son, you got a nice way with people. Why don't you get a real estate license? So I got my real estate license after failing the exam three times. But finally, I got a license. And then I didn't have a car and no broker (laughs) wanted to hire me over riding a motorcycle. So fortunately, one broker gave me a chance. And I think... Marcella, what happened was I found my niche in real estate, and I think the niche in life is when you find a business that you earn an income doing that you love that isn't work. And and since I got into real estate, of course, I haven't ever worked. I've had a very busy schedule and have lived on an airplane almost every week somewhere in the world. But um, I wrote my first book in 1979, and it became a bestseller, and then I was invited to start doing seminars and we're approaching 5,000 one day seminars in the last 38 years. So I've been doing it a lot of times. And now today I every week get on a plane and fly somewhere in the world where they have selling. Mm-hmm. And my audiences are very strictly salespeople, but uh, that's kind of my background. And I, have trained 5 million people in the field of sales. So it's been a blast. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, now one thing I, I did find uh, recently, which uh, I, I've had, I've had people on the show who were wrestlers. I've had uh, a couple, a couple uh, Italian people on the show. You are, I believe the only person who has a picture. Uh, are you wrestling a lion in your house? Like uh, like a painting or something like that. I saw a video that that that, that you were talking about that you have like a portrait oh, of wrestling a lion. Yeah. It's it's a piece of art that yeah. was just behind me when they shot it. I'd love I one of my hobbies, Marcelo, was collecting art. And so sometimes when I do a video or I do, you know, a message to my following, I'll uh, do it in front of a piece of art. And so that's what that's where that came from. That's funny. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So, and 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 one super duper. I, I I can't I can't say how excited I am. You know to have you on because 
in terms of your reach to it. And it doesn't only apply to only salespeople, too. Just to give you an example, um, at my previous organization, uh, I had a gentleman, he was with the company, uh, he, was, he was in the industry as an operations person for 41 years. And uh, he'd, he'd ask, he's like, so, so are you reading some of that Tom Hopkins stuff? Are you telling the, you telling the salespeople about Tom Hopkins? Because I think he was, he was using your stuff along the lines for like negotiating and purchasing actually in a past life. So what you do now, you do just do 100% sales. You, you're, not on, you're not on the purchasing side of things. You're like helping people negotiate well, better. No, but I will say this. Uh, I've had a campaign all of my life to try to convince people that if you understand what selling is, in conversing with a person, in communicating, in helping your children do the right things, uh, staying happily married in a tough marriage world. I really believe in a way, selling is a universal language. And the concepts of questioning, of listening, of uh, really focusing on what a person's saying to you and then knowing how to lead them to your way of thinking, it's an art form. But I think probably 70% of what I teach would be applicable to anybody that would like to have a more successful overall life as far as their financial achievements and so forth. And so this has been a campaign of mine, Marcelo, to you know, kind of say, hey, if you understand what selling is, in a way we're all doing it. And can some people earn their living only doing selling, but others, of course, uh, I think one of the greatest examples over the years was Lee Iacocca when Chrysler almost went bankrupt and they were very close to going under. Uh, he, of course, literally got on a plane and flew around the whole Chrysler world and I think sold them on the fact that we're not going under. And so there's a lot of examples of people selling their, the, the people that are following them in a company managers that are good at selling, selling to salespeople. And so this has kind of been something I've, you know, lived as a as a goal is to get people to realize that, hey, if you're moving people to say yes to the right decision, then in a way you're selling and there's nothing wrong with that if you're doing it for the right reasons. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in terms of, again, after training over 5 million people, I mean, you, you've been doing this a very long time. Is there anything that you kind of feel is a universal in areas where salespeople are struggling? And then also, is there maybe some some new emerging challenges now in this environment that might have not have been, you know, around when you wrote, you know, your first 10 books and not, and not the back eight? Sure. Well, first of all, I will say this. Um, we're going to come into, and of course, I'm a very positive person. I always have been in my business, but also in my life. And we've had a tumultuous time the last 18 months. And one thing I've learned over the years, Marcelo, is that whenever there's uncertainty in the world, especially in our country, that uncertainty leads to immobilization. And I think with our political situation of the presidential race and all that's happened the last year and a half, a lot of American consumers who spend the money to make business fly and companies were kind of immobilized, like, let's see who's going to win. Let's see what's going to happen. And whenever you have something like this, the next year, usually all those people that might have been 
putting off buying the new car because of uncertainty, buying a new home because of the uncertainty, getting the financial services they need. They then say, okay, I'm excited about the future. I'm confident we're going to have a better few years now. And they'll start spending money. And that's what makes our, our, when our 300 million people that live in the United States open up their checkbooks and start in making investments and spend money, that starts the whole product of services. And it starts making money for companies who then pay more taxes and people make more money and away we go and hopefully a, a three to four year cycle that's I think gonna be excellent. And I think people have to start getting ready for it now. I noticed over the years that there are many people in business who wait till things get better and everybody knows it before they get active. And I think now's the time that you really start having this positive feeling about the future, keeping closer in touch with your clients, uh, following up, sending thank you notes, doing all the little things that people in business do who not only stay in business, but, but prosper, especially when maybe the competitor is waiting for things to get better and sitting on their hands, waiting instead of working. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's kind of funny. You also mentioned about, about being positive too. I mean, sometimes you can, you can use that to your advantage now too. So, well, if there is uncertainty, then, you know, you might want to, you might want to do something now because you're not sure what the next year is. And, you know, it's going to be a better option for you now, if it's a better sure. option for you now to move that along. So, well, I had numerous, just for example, Marcelo, I had numerous talk shows in December. Uh, December for me on radio interviews and talk shows is huge because everybody's saying, well, let's get ready for the next year. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I said, I said so many different ways that many people come to November, December, and they start sitting and waiting for the next year because people think, well, during Christmas and holidays, there's not much business. And of course, I've always lived by a thing. If you think it and believe it, you, it's going to come true. So as they sit and wait, they don't do well. Whereas the champion, which is what I call the people that we train that we call top producers, the champions, they're not sitting and waiting. They're active. They're moving. They're, they're uh, doing the follow-up. They're sending out the the letters and all the stuff that successful people do. And, and so that's something uh, that, that I've you know taught for years. But I, I just think the people that were moving good in the last two weeks of December are probably really enjoying a nice start sooner than those who kind of were sitting and waiting for the year to end. A hundred percent. I mean, and we just talked about that on, on another on another uh, podcast. You can't really, you know, wait for a golden opportunity or a golden moment because then it, it kind of snowballs and you have excuses to not to not make calls and to not go out there and, and see customers because at the end of the day, you know, you, you have to be in front of people. Um, but, you know, good stuff. So in terms of maybe some some resources or maybe some specific challenges, because I know you have a strong expertise, obviously, within real estate and also coaching financial uh, financial services uh, people as well so how can how can someone who's in maybe one of those fields like maybe make a name for themselves or maybe be a little bit more creative to kind of break through the noise because you know, especially financial services you're, you're kind of limited in what you can and can't do and then and then real estate you kind of think like well you know pretty much any you know they can go to any agent why would they come to me so what kind of what kind of advice or what kind of tips do you have for someone who's trying to differentiate in maybe like a, a very competitive or a very, very, um, 
Yeah, I'd say a very competitive environment where, where you have the regulation. Well, I'll too. give you just a couple ideas. First sure. of all, productivity, which means sales and income, comes from quality activities. Okay. So people need to really get active. And by that, I mean talking to more people. Uh, I used to play games with talking to people, especially when there could be a rejection of someone telling me no. And I used to say, okay, and then some of these little games, I hope the folks listening, Marcella will say, hey, I'm going to try that. And what I used to do is I'd set a goal every morning to how many business cards I would give out that day to people that I'd met for the first time. And so let's say I said today I'm going to take 20 business cards. And by the way, when you do give out a business card, many people don't use cards today, but you that do have a business card, Always with a blue ink pen, write the words thank you on the front of it. Because when you give a person a business card and you say, John, can I give you my card? And you might notice I I wrote thank you on it. And I guess I'm just thanking you in advance for hopefully the opportunity to someday do some business and serve you folks. Well, see, now you've added perceived value to giving them a business card just by writing two words, thank you, and then learning that little presentation. And so I would take the 20 business cards, write thank you on it, and I would make a goal that I'm not going home until I get 20 people I've just met for the first time to get my business card. And I had one thing happen, Marcella, kind of funny. I was driving home one night, about 10.30 at night, almost all the businesses in this city I live were closed. And I felt my shirt pocket, and I had one stupid card left. (laughs) And I said, I can't go home. So I pulled into a gas station, and, of course, the guy comes out to fill my gas tank. And I said, sir, hi, I'm Tom Hopkins. I'm in real estate here in the community, and I don't need gas. I just need your help. And he said, what do you need? I said, I made a goal to give out so many cards to people that I'd never met, and no one's around tonight. Can I give you this card? Will you help me? And he took my card. He looked at it. He says, so you're in real estate. I said, yeah, that's my business. He says, that's amazing because this weekend my aunt and uncle are coming out here and they're thinking of looking for a home in the area. Well, I ended up finding them a home, making a sale. And again, it all happened because I had that goal of not going home Till I gave out my 20 cards with thank you written on them. So I think that's something people need to do, have more activity, talk to more people, set a goal as to how many strangers you'll meet. And, of course, I think that one of the keys to Marcelo is you really have to have your short-term and long-term goals set. And if people haven't done it for 2017, I so hope they'll, they'll take some time and, and the sad truth is the average American spends more time planning the details of their two-week vacation than they plan the details of their long-term success. So I think that the goal setting is so very, very important. And I think another thing people have to real, realize is that if you are in sales, Just realize that everything in life that you want for your family, for your happiness, I kind of call yeses. So like if you had an old car, 
and then you wanted a new car, you'd call the car your yes. If you wanted a nicer home, that would be another yes. And if you wanted money in the bank, that would be a yes. If you wanted to be out of debt, that would be a yes. Then once you get all your yeses lined up, you have to really buy into a truth that my desire for my yeses must overwhelm my fear of being told no. Because almost all the yeses in life, you got to take a risk. You have to maybe put your ego on the line. You have to talk to more people. And in building this business, uh, I, I found that, I, I, of course, I was a fanatic, Marcelo. When my dad said I would never amount to anything because I didn't go to college, when my dad told me that, I started a burning desire that I was going to prove him wrong and I was going to find some way to become a success. And I, when I got my real estate license, I only took three Christmas days off in three years, which is fanatical. But I, I do believe that there are times in your life you must put fanatical effort forth to get fanatical return and results. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. So I mean, so so you sold, I believe, three hundred is three hundred sixty four homes and. In one 365 year. homes. Okay, so pretty yeah. much, pretty much selling a home a day. So someone, someone would ask then. I mean, how how do you even how do you even balance that? I mean, how is someone yeah. going to fit? How how, how how does someone get that kind of productivity? Well, that's a very good question. I'm asked that. I can't tell you how many times people say, "Hey, I'm in real estate, and we'll be lucky to sell four homes a month." Mm-hmm. How did you average thirty or three hundred sixty-five in a year? And the basic reason was, number one, the timing was right for me. Interest rates had just dropped drastically in in Southern California. A lot of uphent buyers, kind of like people today, had been kind of immobilized. And they started coming out of the woodwork. And I, I just, but then I built a team. See, one, another, all these are little keys that I found to success is learning how to delegate authority to others to do the things that keep you from doing where you make the most money. So I had a team. I had my own escrow officer, my own FHA, VA, and conventional lender. And all these people knew that, man, if they took good care of me, they're going to get lots of business from me selling so many homes. So I had a wonderful team. Today, with the complexities of real estate, I don't know if I could have done that many because it's a lot. There's much more complexities than there were back in my days. I mean, there's so many buyers and sellers. You've got to take care of this and that and this and that. So, I, you know, I never want to say, oh, I could do it today. I'm not sure. But I guarantee you this. I just would outwork anybody. And, you know, again, I had my goals set. And I think, again, fanaticism in your activities will bring you the productivity. But you have to have the goal set, have to have you and your family committed to it, because let's face it, if you are trying to bust your back to make a successful life and your spouse or your loved ones aren't kind of on the team, that's really tough. So goal setting is something the family needs to do and not just the individual. I like that. I like that. And you're, and you're one of the only people that, that actually has ever brought that up. So, uh, again, in terms of what separates you, because some people will, will come on 
you know, new gurus or new or new or new sales trainers, and they'll say, you know, the old selling techniques, the old selling methods, uh, it increases resistance, you know, and you don't have to do that anymore. And you know, I ha- I have a turnkey way; you can do it through social media, and you know, and all that good stuff. I mean, it, is that something that you're hearing more and more? I mean, how do you, how do you kind of combat that? Because for a sales rep, well, <clears throat> I will say this: the the internet, social media has had a tremendous effect on our society in general. And in my business, the seminar business, the webinar has really kind of taken a big part of it. Uh, I know many of the guys that I've been doing seminars with have told me that, you know, audiences are not near as large. Um, Get Motivated, who I've been doing for years, who brings in all these fabulous, you know, wonderful speakers, uh, uh, very successful people. They they've said, "Gee, the people aren't driving to a hotel, coming to a seminar like they used to when they sit in their own living room, and bring on something on the." It, 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 that's one reason why we've created webinars because we, you know, you've got to do what people are doing, and that means you have to put up with the pain of change, which might be necessary, but. The fundamentals of selling, and there's seven fundamentals of selling. It's kind of like the game of golf, Marcelo. There's there's four basic fundamentals of a golf swing, grip alignment, stance, and posture. And if we were to go back to Bobby Jones, the great, great Bobby Jones of the yesteryears, or Arnold Palmer, and then we looked at even Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson, The golf swing and the muscle toning has changed, but the fundamentals of hitting the ball, grip alignment, stance, and posture, those will always be what you need to do. And the seven fundamentals of selling will always be the same as well. And, of course, I what I do when I go to a city, like let's say that, Marcella, I heard that you were the top producer in the field that you're in. Mm-hmm. And you were coming to the seminar and you, you know, I did some research in the city called Chamber of Commerce, found out that you were a very top business person. Well, I'd arranged to meet you either for dinner the night before or for breakfast before the program for an hour. And I'd say, bring me up to speed on what's happening in the economy here in the city. What's different? And I've had my top producers kind of help me tune up. So I'm not teaching just the basics, but teaching what people who are out in the street making money and selling are doing. And that's why I think I have to continue to be a student as much as the people who are my students come to hear my training. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, 100% too. And it's kind of funny. So that was... Because when I when I, I mentioned to to one of my friends I work with uh, also a company called Wrestling Mindset, uh, they they had remembered because they went to one of, they went to one of your seminars and like you know yeah I remember him he actually stuck out and and you know for them they didn't really have like a you know like a sales background but you definitely you definitely stuck out and probably some of that extra you know I hate to say like pre call planning but some of that extra leg work, leg work it would definitely apply to that because knowing what's going on in that particular area and what's going on you know nowadays versus someone saying like oh well you know it's it, it doesn't matter anymore. For everything, sales sure. has changed so much, and you, you have a, you have a very very valid point. So, in terms of helping out 
uh, maybe a particular individual or maybe or maybe a company in all your years? Is there anything that would really like stand out like a really good success story or something that you're in particular that you're in particular proud of? Well, I would say that I have a, so many letters that come to me and I think it's so wonderful if you do find a niche in life in business that helps a lot of other people help more people. And when I get a real estate agent or an insurance agent or an automobile salesperson and I get them to increase their effectiveness, their skill level, and because of that, they not only make more volume in business, but they're serving people better. Uh, I really try to get people to not have an attitude of selling, but more of serving. And in serving, you'll do more selling uh, because I think we are servants. Uh, I think that uh, a great salesperson serves their fellow man with the benefits of the product or of the service. And I think you've got to always be a student and, and always stay coachable. See, I was always coachable. And if I ever heard a man or a woman that had accomplished more than I had, well, I would do my best to learn what they said, what they did. I would follow their training. I'd become a student of what they said and did. And some of the examples, you know, like like just learning to fall in love with your yeses and not fear no's, that'll help people. I also have little things I live by. And, and one of them, Marcel, that I'd like to share with you, your folks is yeah. we all have 86,400 seconds in a day. No one has any more. No one has any less. But the people who seem to accomplish the most in their lives in all four areas of achievement seem to get more productivity out of the 86,400 seconds. And years ago, I was just a young pup in selling. A, a man saw that I was sincere when I asked him to help me. He said, live by these words. I must do the most productive thing possible at every given moment. And, of course, I wrote this sentence down. I must do, not I might do. I must do the most productive given thing at any given moment. Well, I started living by that little sentence and every moment I kind of say, what's the most productive thing I can do today to achieve my goal? And I think people need to kind of really value that darn time that we have in a day because the most successful people I've met, they don't seem that they're working any harder, but they just seem to get more productivity because they're doing the right, the right things. Uh, one of the things I think we need to do is stay closer to our clients than we have in the past. Because people aren't as loyal as they used to be. And I'm not being negative. It's just 30, 35, 40 years ago when I started, if you took good care of a buyer, they would be loyal to you and buy only from you. Today, people are kind of so dollar and cost sensitive that they won't be loyal unless you keep in touch with them. And, and I try, I had a goal that all of my clients would hear from me either with a phone call, a note, an email, at least uh, six times a year. Six times so, a year. Yeah, every okay. two months they were going to get something from Tom to keep my face in front of them when my industry was mentioned. And, and we've probably trained Marcelo at least 
350 industries. And again, uh, when I go and do a, a seminar for like say a computer company, uh, I will study their computer, I'll have my staff, and I have wonderful people working in Tom Hopkins International. Judy is I'll phenomenal, Judy is phenomenal. really there. study the product so I can come across like a pro knowing what they're selling, how they do it. And that's again, part of customization, which I think people in a company want today. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. So, in terms of you know further helping people out, so someone who is either new in sales or maybe or, or maybe it is universal. What is like maybe the like the number one or the number two mistakes a sales rep is making right now that that a sales rep can work on? They talk too much, listen too little because they're not asking enough good questions. I, I have a little saying: become a master asker. And that's my little saying, a master of asking questions. And the average salesperson talks and tells instead of asks and listens. And I, I, that's been probably 80% of what I teach is asking questions. Because whoever's talking in a conversation is only learning what they already know. And if I ask you the right questions, I'll learn what I need to know to not only help you enjoy the benefits of my offering, but to have you want to do business with me versus a competitor. I just recently had a dear friend come and he, we were laughing. He says, Tom, I, I just got off the plane and I sat next to this guy. And from the moment we took off, he started telling me not only what he did, how good he was, how successful he was, blah, blah, blah. And for the whole hour, I didn't get to say one word because he just wouldn't shut up about himself. And I said, well, see, that's a, that's one of the challenges with many communicative people who feel they need to talk and tell instead of ask and listen. And, and listening to the other person is so very important. And you can only do that if you ask the right questions, of course. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, 100%. I mean, and it's kind of funny because like when normal people think like sales, like you know, people would say like to me too, like, oh, you really like this person. I think he'd be a really, really good salesperson. He's like, he's, you know, he's, he's very extroverted, you know, and he's very outgoing, which there, there, there definitely is that component to it because you have to talk to people. I mean, you have to get in front of them. You have to kind of put yourself out there a little bit. But in the same token, sometimes those aren't the best salespeople because all oh, they do, you're right, 100%. Like, like when you, as you're saying that story, I'm like, ugh, like what a. What a terrible experience. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, there's two extreme temperaments and personalities, Marcelo. There's the interesting extrovert mm-hmm. and the interested introvert. Now, the interesting extrovert, just by their name, is always trying to be interesting. They're charming. They're talkative. They're witty. And the interesting extrovert gravitates into selling because people tell them, man, you should be in sales. Man, you're a good talker, bah, 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 bah. Now, the opposite is the interested introvert. The interested introvert is somewhat humble and shy. They're very sensitive people. They give up the control of the conversation. They'd rather hear the other person talk than them. So whenever I meet someone who I think is too much of an interesting extrovert, I try to counsel them and coach them on move towards the center of being more like an interested introvert, especially when you meet people in the beginning to where you start off with a sensitivity 
you know, I used to, when I first meet a husband or wife looking for a home, I'd say, John and Mary, I found over the years, I can do a better job of serving a family and finding the right property if I ask questions on what I call my buyer's analysis for better service form. And if you wouldn't be offended, I'd sure love to ask you these questions because this way I can save you time, get a better property. So would that be okay with you? Well, they would relax and go, guy, this is so nice. He's going to ask me instead of telling me what we should do. I like that. So I try to get the interested introvert who can sometimes be too humble or shy or too soft. They've got to move more towards the middle to be a balance between an interesting extrovert and an interested introvert. And if you work on that, and then, of course, another thing you need to do is be able to change to relate to the other person, meaning the interested introvert usually dislikes fast talkers, and that's one thing they relate to a salesperson. They're fast talkers. Where the interesting extrovert, they're fast talkers, and they want the person who's an interested introvert personality to speed up. So I've always tried to teach people who use my training that when you first meet a person, do two things. Match their speed and their volume of speech for at least the first few minutes because then you they'll warm up to you faster. And, and I think that the, the whole key is if people like and trust you, and that has been a foundation. I've had people say to me, Tom, if we were in the elevator and had five floors to get to our floor, what advice would you give me? And I said, if I had two, two to three minutes, I'd say work harder on yourself than you do in your job to become a person that people like and trust sooner. And if you make that happen with people, Marcel, you'd be amazed. Uh, today, I can't tell you how many people come up to the seminar and say, yeah, Tom, I, I walked into your real estate office 30 years ago and I wanted to rent a home and you wouldn't let us rent because you saw what was gonna happen to real estate values in California. And, you took us out and you found us our home. We paid 19000 for it. And we've retired now. We recently sold our home for 400000 And the equity we have is the largest part of our retirement money. And I really believe it's because you were so believing that we need to purchase a home and not rent one. So, I mean, that's the kind of thing that, that leads me to believe that if you're doing the right thing, you need to get good at it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like financial services. There are people that do not have the right insurance, do not have the right plan to build financial independence in their golden years. And if an incompetent financial services representative comes in and doesn't do a good job or alienates them or is too pushy, whatever, they'll never talk to anybody about fi their financial services. And that person has been hurt more than the representative because they didn't do the right thing to build their financial independence for their golden years. Oh, a hundred percent. And, you know, it, I think I just heard six out of 10 people don't, if they had a $500 bill, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, you know, they, they, everyone would panic. So six out of 10 people don't even have $500 to $1,000 in savings. So, I mean, that's, that, that, that's huge. And, you know, you come from a service standpoint and thinking about that too, because you're, you're doing a disservice to the individual. Now, in terms of helping out our listeners, if you would have, you know, again, again, you, as you said earlier, you, you're always learning. 
what would be a good book or a recommendation, maybe an app, you know, perhaps a course, obviously, except for your own that you, that you would recommend? Well, again, if they come to my website, look at the free resource page. There's all the books that we recommend. We have, I have an extensive library, but the two books that I would suggest and they may have to do some research. I know if they go to Amazon, I think you can find them. Okay. But I would heartily suggest the first book is uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Okay. This is an old, famous, classic. Uh, it, it's a great book. And then in the other one would be Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Love, I love those and books. Those two books – and by the way, when, when they read the book, Marcella, make sure you read any book on self-improvement with a yellow highlighter. And the reason for that is a book normally has 10 to 20 percent on a page that we call the pearls, the meat. Mm-hmm. And if you read it with a yellow highlighter, you'll underline those highlights that you want to never forget. And then once a year, when you go back to basics and take out all your books – you just slip through and read the yellow highlights and you can cover the book in 10% of the time instead of having to read it all. So that's a little idea that I hope that our listeners will, will consider. Oh, but yeah. uh, those two books, they're just on the front of my mind constantly. Y'all have to work to find them, but people will thank me if they do because they uh, – they just really were life-changing for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. So if, 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 if let's say I wanted to bring you in for, to my organization, I wanted to, I wanted to go to one of your seminars, or I wanted to reach out to you, you know, I, I like what you're saying, Tom. How can somebody find you? Well, just go to TomHopkins.com. I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, my, my office is in Chandler, Arizona. Okay. And if they go, they can research. They'll find me. My little smiling face will pop up and I'll... I'll say hi and we'll tell them all that we have to offer. And I have about 30 engagements a year so they could find out where our seminars would be. And because uh, I, I think there's nothing better than a live presentation. And I normally have it from one until six, so five hours of teaching. So maybe that would be good for them to look at. And so that was that would be good. Okay. Uh, But again, keep searching for mentors. Uh, I I really believe many people need to look for people that are mentors, people they respect, people that have integrity, people that will give them good advice. And, you know, there's many of them. Uh, Turn your car into a classroom. If you're going to drive, why not put in a CD and listen to something that is motivational, inspirational, educational? Uh, I know many people drive and listen to music, which is fine for part of the time, but gosh, all the miles you drive, the average person will spend 5,000 hours driving back and forth to business in their lifetime of business. And man, what a great chance to turn your car into a classroom. So that's something they may want to consider to look into some of the great CDs that Amazon has. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Do you have any other, any, any other final thoughts or any other words of wisdom for our listeners? Well, I would just say that this is going to be a great year for those that believe it will. It'll be a great year for those that increase their people skills. And I really feel our future is going to be really good based on all the wonderful things that have happened just in the last two to three months. 
But uh, you got to believe it if you're going to achieve it. So buy into the fact that uh, the success is in your mind first before it's anywhere else. 100%. So start thinking success, believe in yourself, love people and use money. Don't use people and love money. And for all of you listeners, thanks for taking a time of your, your life to just let us share some ideas. And thank you so much, Marcelo. It was a very nice interview. It went very fast. And uh, that's a good thing. Yeah, um, yeah. For the format, we, we, we try to keep it, you know, like around like the 30 to 40 minute point because anything longer than it's, it's hard to keep. It's hard to keep people's attention. So if we can just give, as you said, you know, if you can get if you get to those pearls, you get to those nuggets right away. And again, you definitely you're definitely chock full of that uh, information. And, and there's so much more our listeners can get. Uh, from reaching out, you know, checking out his books, checking out his seminars. I mean, I'm I'm looking in my in, in my little sales library. I think I have I have five of the eighteen right now. Some of them I I, I lent out to other salespeople. I never got them back. So hopefully well, that's a good thing. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's so nice to hear. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, listen. Let's make it a great year, my friend. And don't forget this: we're all blessed to live in the U.S., which is the very best. So let's all go for it. I love it. I love it. Good stuff, Tom. Hey, great talking to you. Have a good one, man. You too, my friend. Thank you so much. Yep. All the best. Yep. Bye. Bye. So that wraps things up for this episode. Thank you again to Tom for coming on the podcast. Thanks to bensound.com for our intro and outro music. And thanks to you guys for listening. You can tune in next time where we'll tackle another topic or do another interview. Um, but in the meantime, head to pushpullsales.com where you can view the show notes and get in touch with Tom if you'd like and sign up for his training. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at pushpullsales. You can tweet us at pushpullsales and you can email us pushbullsales at gmail.com. Have a good one and we'll talk to you soon.